good morning, afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to us, and hard listening to us. Thank you for making the sports and the world podcast a part of your day. I'm Ladarius. And I'm Chris. And, you know, once again, hope all of you are safe. Big sports weekend. Lots to cover. We're going to be covering NFL today, uh, you know, for the most part. But uh, we, we got to throw in so and some, so show some love for for baseball. So I don't know if you've been watching, you know, some of the baseball, Chris. I know I've I've been watching, you know, as much as I can, you know, so much, you know, sports plate. But but a lot of a lot of teams clinched and still a lot of great divisional races going on. So give me your thoughts on what's going on in baseball so far. Um, you know, a lot of the teams that I said would make the playoffs, in fact, did. Um, you know, the one that's that's on the fringe right now. I'll, I'll use that since we were talking about some golf in our uh, in our in our pregame plans. <laughs> uh, right now is the Blue Jays. Uh, so, so they're actually uh, teeter tottering with. The Astros right now. Now, if I would have said that four months ago, I would have been laughed out of a room. Um, I don't even know how honestly the the Jays even can on on base. Like, I mean, they're they're in a series right now with New York, and I mean, the Yanks are just blowing them out of the water. Uh, Gio Urshela last night was was just he was banging some balls all over Toronto and just just making a mockery of that team, but. Um, you know there uh, there are some shockers of who you know on on where they're sitting and what position you know first and foremost in the AL the number one team is the Rays. Um, you know we talked about them earlier in the season and talked about the uh, the potential of them if they played their cards right and uh, they definitely have. They won some very very crucial games against New York earlier in the season, and I think that was a huge help. Um, of course, because half of our team ended up on the DL before like game twenty of uh, of the season. Somehow, some way, it never fails. Um, so I, I think that did help them a lot because that that took the wind out of our sails. Um, we we dropped that series to them, and I I think the Yanks went on like a ten game skid. They they ended up pulling themselves back out, uh, you know, back back up, and they've they've been playing some serious ball. As of late, but uh, so as of right now, as of today, um, the playoffs are lining up. The number one seed Rays going against the number seed eight Blue Jays. Uh, the number two White Sox against the number seven Indians. The number three Athletics versus the number six Astros, and the number four Twins going against the number five Yankees. I'll just go ahead and apologize to Twins fans in advance. Um, you guys operate. Normally, like the Notre Dame and Ohio State, when you put them into a bowl situation, you get smoked. Um, so, Twins, you always make it to the playoffs, but you can, well, you really can't do anything outside of that. So, kudos to you. Uh, over on the national side uh, of the league, you're, you know, where you hang out at with your Cubbies, uh, you know, they clinched. Uh, you know, so you got the number one Dodgers right now going against the number eight Brewers, the number two Braves going against the number seven Reds. Uh, the number three Cubbies, your boys going against the number six Marlins, and the number four Padres, who I, you were also super, super high on in, in preseason going against the number five Cardinals. Um, you know, uh, the Padres clinched their division, the Cubbies clinched theirs, the Braves clinched theirs, and the Dodgers clinched theirs. Um, if you guys remember uh, when baseball season kicked off, I told you that the Braves were going to be the team to watch in the NL. 
and I'm happy to see that uh, find its way through. I think they've been playing some some serious ball. I'm happy to see them finally going somewhere as naturally. I want to see my boys win it all. Um, we'll see what happens. Thankfully, Sanchez is out of his batting slump uh, and just playing like absolute shit. And just like last season, you know, there's a lot of triple of A guys that have stepped up in the majors and, and, and have stand toe to toe with people that have been playing in the majors for years and out pitching them or out catching them or outfielding them. And happy to see it, man. I'm just, number one, I'm happy that we got a baseball season because I was. I was really, really thinking that we weren't going to get one, to be honest with you, just just up front. Um, so the fact that we got one and it's been exciting to watch. I've been trying to watch as many games as I can. It does suck without having the crowd. Uh, hopefully next year everyone can stop fearing a, uh, a, a sickness and we can go back out and live normal lives and, and shit like that. But we'll see what happens. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man. You know, it's it's getting to be that Mr. October time. We might not have a Reggie Jackson or a Derek Jeter here to uh, uh, to do their thing, but I think there's some young blood in the MLB that can that can fill those shoes right now. That's what I got on that. Yeah. Hey, you know what, Chris? Uh, I, I think you're right because you know when it comes to certain sports, I think we always worry about who's who's next, the next crop of stars, and I and I feel that baseball's fine. You know, outside of you know Mike Trout, who I still think is the best player in baseball. Mike Trout, in my opinion, is going to end up probably being like the Carl Malone of Major League Baseball. He's going to play a lot of great seasons, but may not win a ring because of the organization. Like organization, and, and but that's just my take on that. But when you look at guys like Acuna, Fernando Tatis, you got like Chris. There's talent everywhere. You go, you got Manny Machado. Chris, baseball is fine talent wise. It's the youth movement. Go look at Chicago. Look at the White Sox. And usually I'm talking about the White Sox, you know, for obvious and legal reasons. But mm. I, I, I give them a lot of credit. Like Tim Anderson, you know, I believe he's I believe he's leading the league in batting average. I'm not sure he's in the top five. And you got, you know, Giolito. You got like Dallas Keuchel's on the staff. I think he's like number three or four in the rotation. Like, Chris, this team, and we talked about in the beginning, Chris, that this season is a sprint, not a marathon. And that benefits teams who come out the gate just like the thing. I think of it like a horse race. Like, you, you, when you get, you got to come out there, you got to get a lead. Or because you, you can't really lay back. There's no room for error. But, you know, to wrap up, to talk about my Cubs, I give a lot of credit to David Ross. I think, you know, first-time manager – first year manager at that you know managing under you know imagine this being your first season as a manager and you you have to manage under under what's going on i think here and like jace tingler for the for the padre same situation and the success they're getting i think what's most impressive to me chris about the cubs is the pitching it's to me that was my number one question mark you know look at you darvish you know the professor kyle hendricks you know I think we're fine. And and most importantly, and I'll say this, catchers, and, and you had you had a very good talk about catchers, you know, in an episode not too long ago about catchers and how undervalued they are. David yeah. Ross is a catcher and he can understand because he who talks to the pitcher, who's who's to me the point guard of and I, I think I said that, who's the point guard of the field of the diamond? It's the catcher. And having a catcher 
in that manager position. I remember like Mike Matheny, you know, with the Cardinals. And he also had a great catcher named, you know, Yadier Molina too. So it helps to have that sort of structure there. But glass baseball, you know, I'll talk about basketball in a future future episode. But now I just want to dive into to football. A lot of lot of good things. Every team, this is a fun fact. Every team that was favored, you know, won. Except, you know, that team in Philly. And I'm not gonna get into that either. Well, maybe I will. But just Chris, give me your thoughts on on a very interesting week two. Injuries, you know, shows stars. Just your thoughts. Um people people were dropping like flies. Um it, it was I'm not gonna lie. I uh so I'm in I'm in two big leagues. I'm in I'm in the league that you and I are in. And then I'm in a second league that's honestly just as competitive. Um, and so I was actually playing a, a mutual friend of ours. I won't I won't put him on air just because I love him. Um, I'll tell you who it is later. But I was playing a mutual friend. I almost blew out by a hundred points this weekend because of injuries. Um, I uh, I definitely smoke checked him uh, quite quite the quite elegantly in fashion, I guess you could say. Um, but, you know, the injuries, so first and foremost, so um, I'll, I'll start with my boys, the Jets, and, and just work my way around. So the 49ers apparently feel that um, uh, the Meadowlands is like an unsafe stadium, even though, like, you know, the Jets and the Giants are there weekly. One of them are playing at home. Um, not too sure how that works out, how it's unsafe, but potato, tomato, it just sounds like your strength and conditioning didn't do its job. Um Essentially, everybody but the water boy got injured on the 49ers this week. Uh, you know, I saw Boza's out for the season. Jimmy G is is week to week. To week. Um, Kittle was already out. Uh, Mostert uh, uh, took the plunge as well. Just the entire, uh, entire game was just, you know, I, I got to watch a little bit of it as I was flipping through channels. Uh, typical fashion, the Jets just shit the bed thanks to um, uh, thanks to Adam Gase. He looked absolutely terrible uh, as as a coach. So, I mean, just absolutely terrible. I just when you think you can't get any worse, he he does. I know you wanted to go on a rant with, about your your Falcons. I'm gonna let you handle that, um, but. I, I don't know how much more Gase could do. I mean, to to get fired. I, I'm 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 just I'm blown away at this point. Um and Darnold is out there just like one of the passes, I forget what play it was, but the offensive line, of course, wasn't protecting him. So this poor kid's running for his life like he typically does. He's running to the left side of the field as his receiver was running to the opposite side of the field, back shoulder off leg like like a Lamar Jackson sidearm pass. Perfect execution. This kid has so much talent and it's going to be wasted because of, of Adam Gase. And, and I, I, I legit feel bad for him. Um, but the jets suck and we all know it. So, I mean, I, I don't even know why I'm, I'm harping on it. Uh, some of the other games that were really fun to watch. I got to see a little bit of the Baltimore and, uh, and Houston game. 
that was a fun one to to watch. Um, the naturally the Bengals and the Browns. I think both both you and I were wrong in that game. I, that was actually a fun game to watch. I'll 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 slap myself on the hand on that one. That was a good game. Um, naturally, your Falcons and Cowboys. I'm gonna let you 100 percent handle that. Um, I don't know what happened in L.A., but somehow the Chargers ended up almost ended up beating the Chiefs. Um, not 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 quite sure how, but um, thankfully the Chiefs pulled that off. And then, um, uh, you know, unfortunately, Florida has this thing that's called the choke of the doke. I haven't come up with a cool name for uh, for this game, but the choke in Las Vegas by New Orleans was oof, that was rough to watch. Um, and then, uh, you know, the other game I was actually fairly fascinated with, and, you know, this is someone that you're super high on and I am too, uh, was the New England and Seattle game. Um, you know, we're, we're both of course, super big fans of Russell Wilson and we're definitely proponents of him getting the recognition that that dude just doesn't normally get for his tenacity on the field. Um, but on the other side of the token, another person that I want to talk about in that game is actually Cam Newton. Um, you know, he went 30 for 44, 397 yards, a touchdown and an interception. And this is a guy that is on the bare minimum. I think it's like $750,000 contract or whatever it is. Uh, and he's just, he, I mean, he's literally has everything to prove and everything to gain. And I'm happy to see him excel. You know, he was a former Gator that did transfer. The man won himself a national title at Auburn. The man took the the Panthers into a Super Bowl. Yeah, it, it wasn't a pretty sight, but, well, he got there. And that's I think that's, that's the important factor. Um, I'm happy to see Cam Newton excelling. I, I think he's another one like Russell Wilson. Russell gets just doubted because I no one legit I don't think anyone could give me a reason why they don't like Russell Wilson with Cam Newton I think his attitude and his persona has been his own enemy like a like a Randy Moss or a Terrell Owens but not into that esque thing he's he's almost like like I I, I equivalent Cam Newton to Dennis Rodman of the NFL he's such a talented player but I just think he's misunderstood and mentally he is his own worst enemy. And we covered it a lot during when the, uh, that Michael Jordan documentary was on about Dennis Rodman's mental state in a lot of, in a lot of situations. And, and not that I'm making light or joke of it or, or whatever, you know, cause mental health is, is a serious thing, but I think Cam Newton was his own worst enemy for so long. And I think maybe Carolina, and I hate using these, this term cause I sound like a, a typical liberal millennial. It was just a toxic environment for him. And he got out of that, and he has – and not that Ron Rivera was a bad coach. I think Ron Rivera is a great coach. But I think Bill Belichick has the discipline instilling capability that Phil Jackson had with, uh, with Dennis Rodman is that sometimes you just need that iron fist to hold you down and hold you accountable. And I, I think we're going to see a new Cam Newton this season uh, uh, of – he has the intelligence of an elder – athlete in the NFL and as a starting quarterback with experience, but he's also, I think, going to have that tenacity and that drive that he did when he first broke out into the NFL. Um, and then, you know, for as far as the Raiders and the Saints game, I got a lot of questions on that. Um, 
is Drew Brees finally showing his age? Is Michael Thomas that much of a, a of, of an asset to the team? Were the Raiders just that hungry? Is uh, is John Gruden trying to hold on to his job? Uh, find out tomorrow on next episode of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> you know. <laughs> 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 you know, there's this, there's, there's so many questions that I have. I, I, I watched the game, and I just, I, I sat there, and I just, like, I, I, I honestly started talking to myself, you know, and I'm, I'm like, I, how the fuck is this even happening? I'm like, how, how are the Raiders right now? This is a team that you and I, I mean, the only thing we didn't do is go to John Gruden's house, take a shit on his front porch, and light it on fire. Let's let's just be honest with each other right now. Well, we were harsh still, on them. Still, it's still possible that could happen. <laughs> you know, the, it, it's still on the table. But uh, you know, Derek Carr came out. He he looked strong. You know, uh, uh, a lot better than Drew Brees did. I'm gonna be honest with you. You know, the kid threw. He went 28 for 38, 284 yards, three touchdowns. Um. I mean, stud muffin. And then, you know, Darren Waller. I mean, that's the Darren Waller I know right there. That's that's the dude that bailed me out of some situations in previous fantasy years. Um, that was an, a, a, a very puzzling uh, game to watch. Other than that, you know, your usual suspects won and lost. Um, Washington lost. Um, Miami lost. Detroit lost. The Vikings lost. Uh, Jacksonville lost. Um, you know, I mean, you, you got your usual suspects, but all in all, it was, it was a pretty good week. But with the injuries, though, I'm gonna I'm gonna circle back to that on uh, on the on the fantasy football portion of it because there are some definitely some issues right now. That I think that we're all gonna be uh, uh, in in a jam for. So, what what did you think? I know you said you wanted to really uh, take the dagger to uh, to Dan Quinn, very Julius Caesar esque. Yeah. Guess who's Brutus in that situation? Yeah, no. yeah my man, my man Ladarius, my ready to start stabbing some yeah. motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, how did you get the size of that toga? You don't worry about that. You know, I went to the toga big and tall uh, north of Rome. But you know, I I, I want to cover some of the games, and you you talked about the Pat Seahawks game. I watched that, you know, pretty much beginning to end, and you you talked about Cam Newton, Chris. Cam Newton, and I want to go back to the point you made about Chris. I I think. I don't necessarily think that Carolina was toxic. I just think that the situation of Carolina, I just think it was expectations. I think that the expectations that were, it was all in on Cam. Like before Christian McCaffrey, it was all about Cam Newton and the pressure. And, and in many ways, trying to be himself was difficult. And you got to understand the market of Charlotte, you know, I'm not defending Cam Newton, but in that regard, like I say, I may have disagreements with him about you know his accuracy, but he proved me wrong Sunday night. Listen, Bill Belichick is going to 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 make Cam Newton. This is probably, and I don't want to use hyperbole, uh, and you know I may put this as the snippet to preview the episode, to you know to set out to on social media, but I'll say it. This is probably the most talented quarterback Bill Belichick has ever had. The most talented. You already know that the I, I you already know how I feel about Brady. And and I'll explain. He's athletic, 
People don't understand. Cam Newton was an MVP in this league. Just like another guy I'm going to talk about, you know, down the road. We tend to forget that. Cam Newton is gifted. This guy, his size, his mobility, you know, he's improved his passing, and it's going to only get better. Bill, listen, people say, what about Tom Brady? I'm not saying Tom Brady's not talented. When Tom Brady first got in the league, you threw a buck of water, a gust of wind would have blew Tom Brady all the way down to probably here, you know, probably down to Miami. That's how skinny he was. That's how, no, he wasn't the most athletic guy in Michigan. When Cam Newton got drafted, that guy was all about athleticism. He was super athletic. And so, and I think, and I, and I double down and say that this is the most talented quarterback that Bill Belichick has ever had on his roster. And watch, I'm going to get like, oh, what about Brady? Like, you know, you know how Chris was sometimes people misread what you're saying. You see it a lot in the news where you, it's like, you know, I'm not saying that Tom Brady is not, you know, the goat. No, 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 no. My point is simply this. Tom Brady, when he first got out of college, was not known for athleticism. He wasn't the most talented guy in the world. Now, through hard work, determination, motivation, he became the GOAT. My point is, is that Cam Newton, from the minute he stepped foot on a football field, he was talented. He was athletic. And now he's in New England where... You could use this guy in many formations. Like, Chris, you very rarely saw, like, Tom Brady scramble up the pocket. I think if you had if you raced a tortoise and Tom Brady, mm-hmm. you know, I, I put money the on the turtle tortoise. might actually have a chance now. Right. You know, the tortoise may actually win the race. So I think Cam Newton gets knocked for that a lot. But here's the thing with Cam Newton. it's his That was his eighth career game, Chris. We had two touchdowns. Two rushing touchdowns. That's an NFL record for a quarterback. It's an NFL record. And and you know me and I love numbers. Here's one that I felt interesting. Do you know the rec- Cam Newton's record for Carolina and now? When Cam Newton throws the ball over 300 yards, you know what his, his record is when that happens, the team record? I Probably close to undefeated. Eight and 13. Oh, all right. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Even even I'm wrong every once in a while. Mark, mark that down. I was actually wrong on a guess. Oh, don't worry. I, I I have you know permanent ink. It's already written. But I use permanent markers. Ouch. But ouch. Well, okay, erasable. But he's eight and thirteen. Now, when he throws under three hundred yards, Chris, he's sixty-two, forty-five, and one. Now, I like it. And and my point is is that Cam Newton. You know, he's not a guy to throw over 300 yards. That's not his M.O. But, you know, circumstances going with the running game, you know, be on his control. And if they get a running game, you know, you may see Cam be Cam. But I I, want to go back and I want to talk about Russell Wilson because you're going to hear Russell Wilson's name later as well. Like, here's, here's what Russell Wilson did. 21 of 28, 288 yards, five touchdowns and interception. Chris, he threw a touchdown pass to five different receivers. Five. Jesus. <laughs> and, and once again, I call him the MacGyver quarterback because 
paperclip, bubblegum, and string. And he threw, listen, he had threw it to Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, David Moore, who, by the way, that particular touchdown, according to next-gen stats, that chance of being a touchdown was 6.5%. That was That's the best, the, the lowest probability of a touchdown pass all see you know it's just week two but he's you know russ is russ and he squeezed it in you know freddie swain our guy from florida go games the running and the running back chris carson and i believe they're going to open up the playbook more in seattle i think they're realizing you know russ has been in the league with eight years and you're realizing how to open up the playbook like i find that ridiculous but you know here we are they're going to open up the playbook more, in my opinion, to that. And that Patriots defense, Chris, look, all last season they allowed four touchdowns by wide receivers. They allowed that just in this game alone. So, and mind you, you know, they don't have Patrick Chung. A lot of pieces aren't there. But this path defense, like this, this game was defense optional. But I like the game. Two great quarterbacks. I think you had two great coaches as well. And more importantly, Chris, I think you saw a game that, you know, as as for Russell Wilson, I think now he should get some MVP votes. How can this man, he's won a Super Bowl. It's like one of the ESPN 30 for 30. It's like, what if I told you that Russell Wilson does not have an MVP vote? He's never got one. It's insane. I don't, I, I don't know how. It, and it, it, it blows my mind. And, and I'm like, he's won an MVP. He's, 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 he's been in the Super Bowl. No MVP votes. Great. Terrific. But enough of that rant. You know, the Chiefs-Chargers game, Chris, you know, that game could have went either way. And, like, Justin Herbert, he got the start because somehow the Chargers medical staff can't do the one thing that they're supposed to do. Like, Tyrod Taylor got hurt in pregame because the the pre the doctor was trying to put all that in. yeah about and i'm like out. and it's like it's like hashtag you had one job literally make sure that our starting quarterback can play doesn't have a punctured lung <laughs> right like like literally that's you know listen i don't know if that's in the hippocratic oath but it should be like you shouldn't like, you know, I believe it's in, like, do harm to none or do – I believe it's yeah, somewhere yeah, in the Hippocratic Oath. Yeah. yeah, I believe it's in there. Like I said, I, I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty sure it's in there. But then when Justin Herbert comes out, and look, 22 or 33, 311 yards passing. He threw for 300 yards, and he had a rush TD. Only Cam and Otto Graham are the only quarterbacks to do that. So – This is what I say about the Chiefs, and I, I have a couple of stats about the Chiefs. You know, not going to give you those statistical stats, but like Harrison Butker is, you could argue, is probably maybe one of the top three kickers in the league. He tied the team record for the longest field goal, 58 yards. He became the second kicker to make a pair of 58 yard field goals in the same Stud. game. Stud, yeah, I saw that. And you're like, you can't find a flaw on this team. Like yeah, even, you know, even, even when your kicker is banging heads, like you know you got yourself a good team. Yeah, it, it's, it's it's like find a flaw. Like their punter. Like, hey, listen, I think it's Tommy Townsend. Yeah. So 
there, there's no real flaws. And, like, I'm going to get into the Mahomes. Here's the thing with Patrick Mahomes. Like, you know, 27, 47, 32 years. You know, typical day at the office. Oh, by the way, he led the Chiefs in rushing, 54 yards. But here's the thing, Chris. Mahomes, he's won six straight games. This is important. Trailing by double digits, including the playoffs. That's an NFL record for a quarterback, according to the Live Sports Bureau. And for the Chiefs as a whole, Chris, they've won 11 straight games with the last, here's the thing, Chris, for their last five, they had to rally from double-digit deficits. That, to me, it shows two things. A, hey, great, they're resilient, but, man, they're losing out of the game. And all it takes, and the opponent they're going to have this week, you can't afford to do that. <laughs> you can't. They're playing the Ravens. You can't afford to get out of the gate and, and you know, expect to come back. So, and also for the Chargers, listen, like I said, as far as the whole Justin Herbert thing goes, Chris, I, I've always believed that you you shouldn't lose your job to injury. I've always believed that. You know, people are like, well, what about Brady and bit like, like Chichau? Tyrod Taylor didn't stick a needle and hurt him and puncture his own lung. All right. Yeah, that was just... Doogie, Doogie Hauser could have did that. All right. Doogie Hauser knows how to at least not try to do harm literally to your own player. It's like, uh, you know, Tyrod, you know, I'm not going to say screw job, but he's going to be out indefinitely. And then the league has said they're investigating it. Like, who do you think did it? Justin Herbert? Like, it, where's the investigation? Like, this is not like a Scooby-Doo thing where we're trying to find old man Jenkins. We know who did it. What are we investigating? That Herbert paid off the team doctor to injure Tyrod? Is that it? Is that what we're trying to investigate here? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just, I'm just spitballing on that, but it's just ridiculous. Like, there's no need for investigation. The same, yeah, we'll need the Warren Commission on this. But I, I, I want to talk about the Giants and, and the Bears games. And I think I'll let you talk about the Saquon Barkley injury. But, like, Daniel Jones, under the circumstances, Chris, you know, he had 25 of 40, 241 yards. He had an interception. I think, Chris, I feel bad for, for Danny Dimes for this reason. I think not him, you know, a, a young quarterback's best friend is a running back. Absolutely. And, and, when you, and when you lose that quarterback right in the beginning, or that running back in the beginning of the game, that hurts. Yeah, and it was, a, it, was, it was an uphill climb. Like, listen, the Giants made it a football game, let's be clear. Because they were playing the Bears, so obviously, you know, room for error. <laughs> but so you know, I but when you look at Trubisky, and, and I keep trying to tell people, look, this this Bears team didn't score a single point in the second half, and they still won 17-13. They were up 17-0 at the half, Chris. No Saquon Barkley. You could have put, you know, we keep talking about daggers on this show for some reason. But, you know, we like we like our weapons. But you could have put the dagger in that in that in that team, but you didn't, because it's the Bears. And Mitchell Trubisky, ah, 
let me let me let me clear my throat for these great stats here. <clears throat> Eighteen to twenty-eight, a hundred and ninety yards, two touchdowns, but two interceptions. Yeah, I was gonna say he uh, he split the decision himself right there. Yeah, yeah, he did. Someone should have knocked him out. But anyway, I mean, like in the UFC, don't send letters. But here's the one stat, Chris, that I think you're gonna interesting. Did you know that? Listen, Trubisky is four and one when he throws the ball less than two hundred yards and throws two or more interceptions. They're four and one. It's called yeah. good defense. Yeah, it's it's like there's no way about it. Like you know, you thought the bailout. You know, we you know, bailout the auto industry was the biggest bailout. No, it's the Bears' defense is the biggest bailout. They bail out Trubisky. You know, imagine if this was like you bailing out your best friend. You're spending millions of bucks to do it. That's the Chicago Bears. That's why Nick Foles is there when they could have got Cam Newton. I'm not. I'm just throwing that out there too. But that's why you traded a fourth round pick to get Nick Foles because Trubisky's still not the answer. And people are like, "Oh, the Bears are two and zero." Okay, let me explain how you get how they got two and zero, Chris. The Lions were the Lions. I'll put it this way: I'll use a baseball term, just we haven't talked about baseball on the show, Chris. The Lions had a five-run lead in the top of the ninth, and all of a sudden, they forgot how to pitch. That's what happened. They forgot. They forgot they had to get three more outs. And by the time the the scoreboard, it was already over. And at the end of the day, that's how they got their first win. This win here, if a healthy Saquon, the Bears, excuse me, the Giants win this football game. But unfortunately, he went down with the ACL injury. And you didn't score points in the second half. And you still win by four. You know that's you know if you're if you're a betting you know Vegas you know if you're betting in Vegas that really angered you like ugh, they didn't even I don't think they even covered that's how that's how angry people should be like you know listen you know my Cubs are the best thing in town oh and the White Sox too don't send me letters oh, what about the White Sox it's, who, who's the host of this show think about that before you uh, respond back you know I you know me and Chris control the content on this show. So if, why don't we talk about the why don't we talk about the Mets? I think you know why. So listen, call us biased or just call us honest. We prefer honest. But another game I want to talk about, Chris, is the Lions and the Packers. Now I know I was high on the Lions, but we're going to pretend like it's men. We're going to men in black this. We're going to put a light to everyone's face, <laughs> and you all forget what I said. Just forget what I said. Didn't happen. It, it didn't happen. Well, wasn't this one of those teams that I said that don't expect much from? Yeah, okay. Yeah, you, you, you sure did, Chris. But, right. c- counterpoint, uh, who did you say was going to win the <laughs> NFC North, Chris? Nah, go, to, go to hell in a fucking handbasket, man. Uh, as long as not a wicker basket, I don't want to burn my hand. Oh, so, it's wicker. Oh, it's wicker. Man, you know wicker burns, man. I think Nicholas Cage and the Wicker Man. He bur- anyway, anyway, we're, we're, we're sidetracking. <laughs> but here's the thing about the Lions. I'm going to roast them. Chris, they're the first team in 
NFL history to blow double-digit leads to lose four straight games. It's not the fact that they lose, Chris. They have at least a 10-point lead, and they blow it. And on top of that, Chris, they've lost 11 straight games. And Matt Patricia, if it wasn't for, you know, that guy, you know, whose name rhymes with Latham Lace and Bland Ben, Matt Patricia is just on a hot seat himself. Nobody's talking about that. Because, listen, Matt Stafford's doing all that he can, but that defense, like, oh, they lost their corners. That's not an excuse. They had a, Chris, they had a lead in this game. You had a lead on the road against Green Bay, and you blew it. No excuses there. None. And it's for Green Bay, Aaron Jones, someone who I think who you like, you know, for obvious reasons, that we'll probably discuss down the road. Chris, he had 18 carries, 168 yards, two touchdowns. Also, four receptions and 68 yards for a touchdown. He had a 75-yard touchdown run. That's the longest run. Green Bay's had since Ahmad Green did against the Cowboys back in 04. Jesus. And then, listen, the Packers are the eighth team in the Super Bowl era to score 40 or more points in the first two games of the season. Remember somebody on this show believed in Green Bay. Dude, you are are pushing my buttons today. What what, you push? Pushing. How far? I push your buttons. This is a rarity, folks. I push. Well, well, listen. You push mine about the Lions. Like somebody on the show. So we're just pushing each other's buttons. In fact, I say we invest in a switch because we're going to run out of buttons. So we'll bring it up in our next budget, our next budget meeting. So I think we just switch, you know, just go to switches. All right, fine. Next, next or, quarter. Yeah, next quarter, like a little turn knob, you know. But anyway, but. Green Bay, and I think Matt LaFleur, and I said it last week, Matt LaFleur is letting Aaron Rodgers be Aaron Rodgers. There are just certain guys in this league who they're not predicated by a system. And I think you brought it up last week. Tom Brady, for all the greatness that he had, was a system quarterback. And nobody wants to admit that. But the reality is he was, because he was pretty much under the same system. I like Aaron that. Rodgers... <laughs> But Aaron Rodgers just lets, you know, he rolls out and he does his thing. Aaron Rodgers is, like I say, talented guy. More talented than Brady. I said, well, oh, Darius, you're bragging on Brady. Look up the word talent and athletic and see, do you see Brady's face in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary? Then you can tweet me or inbox me that. Because here's the thing. Aaron Rodgers is going to be Aaron, a healthy Aaron Rodgers, and this team is a Super Bowl team. They're putting up 40 points a game, the defense, and they, and they didn't have one of their best defensive players, Kenny, Kenny Clark, on the defensive line because, you, know, you know, the big injury bugs are going around. So, so, Chris, I tell people, buy stock in Green Bay. You know, buy stock in Green Bay because what's going on is that division. And people look, oh, what about the, you know, what about the Bears? And I and you know what I tell them I walk I walk away from their face. But the point is to avoid to avoid you know criminal action. But the point is, Chris, is that Green Bay is one of those teams where I just say, look, they're very. 
when you look at the division, like look what happened with Minnesota on the road. Kirk Kiston Cousins had three interceptions. Uh-huh. You know, bouncing back against a very good Colts defense. The, you know, listen, the impact of Stephen Diggs. Like, listen, Stephen Diggs this week. Listen, Stephen Diggs had eight receptions, 150 yard, three yards Stud. for Buffalo. For Buffalo and Stud. well, I told you what. What? What did I say? Uh, when we talked about doing fantasy drafts and all that, is that he is a low buy, high value target? Yeah. Look, look, look in our draft. I picked him up later in the draft, mm-hmm. and the dude's gotten me twenty five plus points per game thus far. I mean, he got me. He almost put got me forty points this week alone. Yeah, and uh, you know. The, the thing with Stephon Diggs, I think the problem was Diggs is one of those guys he needs to have, like, the attention. It, he needs to be the center of the show. He wasn't the center of the show in in uh, Minnesota. You had Adam Thielen, who, you know, I've, I've been ride or die with him. Unfortunately, I couldn't scoop him this season in fantasy. Um he he's the centerpiece of the passing offense. I think we can all agree on that. Mm-hmm. You have Dalvin Cook in the backfield with a slew of other running backs when he eventually goes down with a broken hamstring again, who can catch and run simultaneously and on opposite sides of the spectrum. And he also got Kevin Rudolph as a, a good safety blanket for a tight end who not only can block but also, you know, a lot of people fail to forget he's got a good set of hands on him. Um, not that, you know, right now Kirk Cousins throwing interceptions like they're going out of style would help Diggs, but I think there were there there were too many moving pieces. And um going to Buffalo, I think, was was almost therapeutic for him, you know, like like we talked about with Cam Newton. Um that he's essentially the, the the center of the offense now. I mean, granted, you know, uh, Devin Singletary has held it down in the backfield, but it's not like he's as explosive or dynamic as Dalvin Cook is when he's healthy. And then they had John Brown as a receiver, and, and their next best receiver was Cole Beasley. The dude looks like he belongs on, on the dang, uh, Dagon Tiger King half the time. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And that's all the Bills really had, but in the, and they did well with that, <laughs> you know. Now they they've got a lethal weapon at receiver, and I, you know, I, is even though they're in my division, uh, I was high on them, and I still am. I think they're the they're they're they, I think they're going to be the new kings of the AFC for the next couple years until. God knows what happens with the Jets. Uh, you know, Miami, I think, will be Miami. I think their only real contender will be New England just because of the fire that Cam Newton has brought to that organization. Again, because of his athleticism. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm high on Diggs, man. I'm happy to see him doing well. Sorry to steal your thunder there. No, it's, it's fine. It's, it's fine. It's, but, but, but you bring up a great point, and I think Minnesota misses him because, look, uh, when I did the predictions, it's to me, it's like it's like you're in a relationship and you know it's over, but the other person doesn't. 
And nobody's telling Minnesota that this is kind of a low-key rebuild. It's not like a complete, you know, taking the sledgehammer and knocking out drywall rebuild. I think it's a slow rebuild defensively. I think it's a slow build, you know, getting rid of Stephon Diggs. Like you say, it was just more of the, the environment. He wanted to be the guy, and I get that. And I, I, I totally get that. But I think someone needs to tell Vikings fans that this is a rebuild. Because, you know, there's a reason why you drafted Justin Jefferson in the first round. There's a reason why you drafted, you know, a corner in the first You're replacing the guys who the Vikings let go for, for you know, for the most part, for pecuniary reasons. So, but but once again, you know, but also the Colts are very good. Jonathan Taylor, like, think about this, Chris. Like, no OTAs, no preseason, and he's playing great. And, I, you know, like I say about the Colts, this team goes as far as Phillip River doesn't, you know, doesn't Phillip River the game. As long as the ball is not in Phillip River's hands when it counts the most, the Colts can do some things. But... Speaking of doing things, or say not doing things, I don't know what's going on in Philly, but you know Carson. Listen, you know either I'll put it this way: either the Rams' offense is that good, or the Eagles are, or you know, are like the late Denny Green said, they are not who we thought they were, and and quite frankly, Chris. I think the Rams are that good because, like, there's a like I don't want to admit that, but like, listen, they took listen, they re-signed, they got Jalen Ramsey, they re-signed Jalen Ramsey, they re-signed Jared Goff, they re-signed Robert Woods, they re-signed Cooper Cup. Like, my quote, you know, they still got Aaron Donald. Like, I'm not gonna say they're gonna you know win the division or anything like that, but I think they faced the Eagles team that, quite frankly, Chris. Carson Wentz, like, here's the thing with Carson Wentz, Chris. You know, just the last two games, he has two touchdowns, four four interceptions, and a fumble. And and the NFC East is quite possibly, and I, once again, may catch flack for saying it. It's It's probably the worst. fire of the NFL. It's the worst division in football. Like, Like, Chris, did you have, did you really, did anyone have Washington having more wins did Washington? It might have a Washington. You know, listen, they lost, but listen, to anybody having have Washington winning, having one more win than the Eagles, or you know, or put it this way, looking a little bit better than the Eagles. Because listen, even with Washington losing to to Arizona, this, you know, the week they didn't look terrible. They just faced a very talented Arizona team. Like Chris, this division is bad. It's it's bad. It's basically. Choosing between, like, if you're going up as a kid, between asparagus, Brussels sprouts, beets, and mush. <laughs> like, you, you take your pick of which is which. Like, it's what you want to eat the, the, the most. You know, the least favorite foods that you want to eat the most. And like I said, I still feel in my heart, Chris, that the Eagles can still win this division. They can, I think the Eagles are still, the, you know, they, like I said, the Cowboys are there. Listen, I think the Giants, no Saquon, I think they're kind of out of it by proxy. But listen, I give credit to Jared Goff. He completed his first 13 passes, two of which went to Tyler Higby. And, like, uh, they're, they're pretty good. 
and yeah. and they've cut. They're they're pretty. They're not. They're not. They're not the, like say. Go ahead. Well, the you, most you were saying. Yeah, the most important thing. You you look at this. You look at the the end of the end result of the game. L A thirty seven, Philadelphia nineteen. Mm-hmm. Jared Goff, twenty for twenty seven, two hundred sixty uh, seven yards, three touchdowns. Carson Wentz, twenty six for forty three, two forty two, with two interceptions. You can't win games by turning the ball over. And the faster Philadelphia figures that out, the better off I think they'll be. That was their problem the week before with yeah. Washington out of all teams. Now we lined up. Uh, when we did our picks, I, I, I think we even laughed at this game. And we're like, Washington's so terrible, their team doesn't even have a name. And Philadelphia yeah. is just going to smoke check them. And then I think at, like, halftime, we were texting each other like, dude, th- what, do, what bizarre world are we in? I'm wondering if, like, if, if Flashpoint's a real thing. Like, maybe there really is, like, a secret society of superheroes and maybe they just haven't come to our dimension yet, but they're them altering the timeline has somehow affected us, and somehow Washington was able to beat Phil, not just beat them, but just pummel them into just utter submission. And L.A. did the same thing. I I, I watched, uh, I think it was like the third quarter of the game, and uh, it was just it was terrible. I mean, Philadelphia, they just. They just don't look prepared. It's one thing if injuries are going to happen. I think we talked about that with the lack of preseason and training camp and conditioning. Injuries were prone. I, and I think subconsciously we all expect it. I don't expect to be people not to be mentally prepared. If just because you can't run plays you know, on a field doesn't mean you can't watch film or or do the other – aspects of mental preparation for this game mm-hmm. philadelphia just i mean honestly i've i've legit like i've seen high school teams that came more prepared for a game they were just all over the place i mean i i know i'm i'm on this big you know let's shit on philadelphia tangent and i'm a half hour from the stadium so i'm sure my apartment will probably be set on fire soon um <laughs> You know, but it's just they're they're terrible, and even the fan base up here. You know, so you know all my friends up here naturally are are Eagles fans. They're they're super close to the stadium. You know, it, it this is their market. This is their their share. Uh, even the the fans are like, how terrible can this organization get? And if Philadelphia could easily win the NFC East, easily, but playing like this. You're gonna see the Cowboys walk away with this division. Oh, good lord! Don't I ever say that. And, and, and it kills me to say that, but like you said, by proxy, I don't think Daniel Jones can carry a team into the playoffs. I don't think not yet. No, no. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying he can't do it yet. Yeah, he doesn't have the pieces now. No. Or if he does, he's gonna look like a younger LeBron. Well, even an older LeBron because he still gets embarrassed more times than not when he goes there because LeBron's garbage in the in the postseason. Anyways. Yeah. Um, oh hey, hey, how many how many rings has he got? Way less than Jordan. Take a seat, and Kobe. Um, but definitely Daniel Jones isn't carrying the Giants into the postseason. The Redskins, or excuse me, the Washington Football Team. Um, you know, 
they're they're not they're trying riverboat ron is trying to float that little rat vessel down the river i don't think that they're gonna do it but you know what stranger things have happened uh so honestly dallas can legit make the if they play like and again i'm not picking on your falcons because i know you want to take a big old heaping steaming turd on them yeah you already are if if the cowboys play like they did last week if they don't make the playoffs i'd be shocked i mean literally the entire nfc is going down on the ground and tapping and 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 they're not but it's the Cowboys, so they'll they'll find a way to to, to 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 screw this up, nonetheless. But there's no reason they shouldn't be in the playoffs. The Eagles are just that ridiculous out of alignment. Something needs to happen. I don't know what, but number one, sticking with Carson Wentz, I think was one of the biggest mistakes they made. I think they should have stayed with Nick Foles. Ooh. And I, you know how I feel about Carson Wentz. I, yeah. You know, yeah, he's not good. He's not show what what show me what he, I, I I you you can't throw two interceptions and and win a game unless if you're throwing four touchdowns like, to counterbalance it and instead he threw zero touchdowns. No, so, I yeah, I'll, go ahead, go ahead. But yeah, I mean that like I said, I can I can I can rat on these guys all day. The, the Eagles, they got a washed up receiver in Deshaun Jackson. I'm not saying he's bad. He's just old. The dude is archaic. Zach Ertz, I mean, they're barely using him. Uh, Goder, they barely use. And they've got Boston Scott and Miles Sanders in the backfield. I mean, granted, you know, Sanders almost cracked 100 yards. He did get a touchdown. But, I mean, I don't understand what else. It's just sometimes you just need to throw the whole thing away and start over again. I think that's what they need to do to Carson once. Crumple him up. Hit, throw him in the in the trash receptacle. Leave the wrist up like Kobe. Scream Kobe after you make it, and start again. So that's my rant. Okay. Yeah, b- b- before we b- before we get to your fantasy start and sit him, I I want to go back to your point about Carson Wentz. I defend Carson Wentz by saying this: when this is important, when he's healthy, Chris. Because remember, he was an MVP candidate when before he got hurt. Like, people tend to forget that. He got hurt. You know, they, they, the last, like, five games of the year he didn't play. But he was already an MVP candidate at that point if he just would have stayed healthy. I think to to throw it away, Chris, is a stretch because we got to understand. I understand when people say go with Nick Foles. I get that. But what I also argue is the fact of the matter is and like uh, it didn't work out in Jacksonville, but – we need Nick Foles just wasn't going to be the long-term guy because was Nick Foles worth the money? Because think of it this way, Chris, would you have paid Nick Foles the same type of money that say Ryan Tannehill is getting now? <sighs> because essentially, yes, because he did win a Super Bowl. That accounts for a lot. Okay, it does. And listen, I, I'm not going to argue. But you know who has Super Bowls too? Brad Johnson, Trent Dilfer, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco got paid, Chris, and Joe Flacco has never been the same quarterback. My point is, is that I understand why people – I'm not knocking Nick Foles. He's a good man. He's a good dude. But the point I'm conjecturing, Chris, is, is that there's a reason why the Eagles drafted Carson Wentz number two overall. 
ironically, you know, Jared Goff being number one overall. There's a reason why. And I understand that people say, you know, go with Nick Foles. But, Chris, I always look at it from an investment point of view. They've invested a lot in Carson Wentz. They really didn't invest a lot in Nick Foles. And, you know, Nick Foles left. He got money in Jacksonville, got hurt. Now he's, you know, one Trubisky, you know, a couple of Trubisky screw-up games away from being the starter in Chicago. So, but there – you just don't throw away a second overall pick like Carson Wentz unless you're sure he's done. And I just don't think he's done. Has he played great? No. You know, no. You know, like I say, two touchdowns, listen, two touchdowns, four interceptions, and a fumble in his first two games, that's not great, Chris. But when you look at this division, Carson Wentz could easily, and I said it once and I'll say it again, when healthy, Carson Wentz is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. Why? Because Carson Wentz can somehow do more with less. Think about this. This that Eagles team you talked about, Chris, beat that Cowboys team with, with Zach Hurt. Zach Ertz got hurt. They were down to a Greg Ward, who was a quarterback, converted to wide receiver, and, and a couple of paper clips and paper mache. Pinatas. And that Eagles team beat the Dallas Cowboys. Why? Because I trust the coach. I trust the staff. And, and it's like, you know, the Aaron Rodgers, like, are, I tell people, just relax. Like, listen, at the end of the day, Chris, I, I get your point. And I'm not going to say you're wrong. But my point is, is that the Eagles, to me, said, well, we can't pay two quarterbacks. They said that. I'm not in the meetings, but I'm pretty sure they said that. They thought that Foles was expendable. And in a way, Chris, they were kind of right. You know, but in a way, they were right for the wrong reasons. That, you know, unfortunately, Nick Foles got hurt, and Jacksonville just let him go. Jacksonville didn't bother to, you know, wait till he got healthy. And because they they went with Gardner Minshew. My point, Chris, is that if the Jacksonville Jaguar says you're not worth hanging around till you get healthy, because mind you, Chris, if I, if I recall correctly, he still could have played that season. He wasn't like he was like on IR until like week 11, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So he still could have played. But Jacksonville said we're going to trade him to Chicago. That's why I feel Philly did the right thing. Because if the Jacksonville Jaguars, the same organization, the same organization who got Blake Bortles, if they said that Nick Foles was not worth holding on to until, you know, he got healthy for Minshew, then they traded him. That's how Jacksonville valued him. Jacksonville didn't value him as a starter for him to wait to get healthy. Just That's just like, listen... Tyrod Taylor's hurt, Chris, but the Chargers are not going to trade Tyrod Taylor. You, you see the point I'm getting at? They, I, you know, I, I, I see. I see where you're going with it. It's like if if you believe in the if you believe in him, like I put it this way: even when Drew Bledsoe got hurt and Brady took over, they didn't trade Bledsoe till like a season or two after that. They didn't trade him like okay, we got to get rid of him next season. No, they didn't. Because he still had value. 
And my point is, is that Nick Foles had value, but just as a back. Look at Case Keenum. Case Keenum is backing up Baker Mayfield. And Case Keenum threw the game-winning pass, ironically, to Stephen Diggs to beat the Saints in the playoffs. So where's Case Keenum backing up Baker Mayfield and Cleveland? It's it, it, it's and it easily could have been they could have easily paid Case Keenum and not went after Kirk Cousins. Like I didn't mean to go on this rant, but because there's another rant down the road. But I'll you know I'll I'll say that rant for a future time. But the point is this, Chris. I believe when you've invested when you invest in someone, it's like you work at a company. Like think of it this way. I'm sure you have. Your company invests money, like obviously you pay them, but you invest a lot in a, in, a, in in certain in, in your employees. So you want to make sure that they're absolutely in the best position to do their best work, or to make sure that they get it. Because if you have to come down to a decision to get rid of them, you don't want to be like, okay, we can like if if it's some guy Chris that you hired off the street. Like, he's maybe not as spendable as the guy that maybe you put time and effort into. Like, because some employees, I believe, you know, certain companies invest more into them more than others. That's not playing favoritism, but the fact that what did they, they were willing to go out and get them and pay them high quality. So you're going to take a little bit more time with them, if that, if that makes any sense. No, yeah, no, I, I, no, it does. So, you know, I'm like I say, I'm not saying Nick Foles is a great quarterback, but I I I will defend the I will defend the Eagles by their retaining Carson Wentz because you know why? They went and drafted Jalen Hurts. So so now you're in a situation where, listen, you got somebody younger, and look, if by chance they screw it up, Chris, listen, if Carson Wentz doesn't get it done, you got Jalen Hurts. Then that's your future. Nick Foles wasn't the future. That's the reality. Nick Foles, just like in Chicago, Nick Foles would be the short-term answer to a long-term problem. But, but speaking of short-term and long-term, let's go to your fancy stardom and sit them because there are there's a lot of injuries that are definitely long-term, and people want to know people want to know who to start and sit, Chris. So I'll let you take it away. Look, man, in in the words of uh, of Tom Hanks, Houston, we've got a problem. Um, there were a lot of key injuries this week. Um, unfortunately, I fell victim to one of them with uh, with with Christian McCaffrey going down for a few weeks. Um, a lot of the notable ones, uh, Saquon Barkley. I know Devontae Adams was banged up. You know, we really haven't had too much on him. Um, Jimmy G is banged up. Uh, the entire 49ers defense, I think, died on Sunday from what I heard. Um, you know, there there are a lot of things. So um, I'm going to run through just like I normally do. Your, your uh, quarterback wideouts, running backs, and tight ends uh, of – of strong sits and starts and things like that, your DFS bargains. Um, so starting at quarterbacks, luckily we, we weren't too attacked on them, but your strong starts are, of course, going to be Patrick Mahomey, Lamar Jackson, 
uh, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Matt Ryan. Um, you know, kind of your go-tos. Now, if you will really, really want to 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 have an advantage, if these guys are available on the on the wire, or if they're um, you know, uh, maybe you can make a trade for it. Maybe even if you got them on the bench, you might want to plug them in. Uh, Cam Newton going to Las Vegas. Um, I I think that the, the Raiders still don't have a lot of downfields uh, uh, capabilities. I think Drew Brees was just all over the place. I think he hopefully was just having a bad night. Um, but I think that this is honestly going to be his best matchup so far this season i mean granted it's only week three but i think he should be able to do a lot of damage not only on passing but the raiders last season had an issue with containing mobile quarterbacks and we all know that cam newton's got a set of of michelins on him that boy can that boy can peel if he needs to uh another one i you know you're real high on him and uh, i'm I'm even starting to, to take some more faith and belief into him um is the packers with aaron Rodgers going to new orleans um, if Derek Carr can pick apart that defense, um, well, we already know what Aaron Rodgers can do. Uh, another very strong start, um, uh, Big Ben going to Houston. Uh, Houston's as well. It's it's Houston. As long as he can stay healthy and his you know with Juju and, and all of his weapons staying healthy, he has a very high floor against Houston. I I, I think. Um, on the flip side of the coin, you know, Green Bay has let a lot of teams, you know, let teams put some points on him. So I think Drew Brees, uh, even though he was a little underwhelming uh, this week, I think he's going to have a bounce back week. I really expect Emmanuel Sanders to get significantly more involved this week. Um, he just really didn't find his 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 home yet. Uh, Smith took a lot of that, um, but uh, I I think that uh, he'll 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 definitely uh, Brees will have some good time out there. Uh, a surprising one, one guy we really don't talk about, is the byproduct of pregnancy in a frat house, and that's Gardner Minshew. Um, that that little that little stud, uh, porn stash and all, I think is going to be gunslinging some serious power down in Miami. Miami's defense as well. Miami's defense. Jacksonville's offense hasn't looked terrible either, um, but I think Gardner, if you have him or if he's on the wire and you got a sketch quarterback, do yourself a favor, go get him. Um, another one, people are going to feel like this is a trap, but hear me out as much as I hate saying it, Tom Brady. Good night, Uh, everybody. Uh, I know. I know. You heard it here first, ladies. Uh, Denver's pass defense is sputtering like a 92 Ford Focus or not, uh, Ford Escort. That's what it was at the time. The, that, that Ford Escort that's like missing a head gasket and like one of the cylinders (laughs) already to pop up. That's essentially Denver's secondary right now. Um, I expect Tom Brady just to completely disintegrate it. He's got uh, Godwin coming back, Mike Evans out there, Gronk out there, O.J. Howard out there, and then Fournette and, and Rojo in the back. Scary. That's, But we'll see what happens. Um, so another one uh, going so uh, – one that I have on the DFS bargains for DraftKings and FanDuel is, <laughs> and I know you're going to want to punch me in the throat for this, is Mitchell Trubitsky this week. Uh, if, if, if you, He's a really low buy in both leagues. There's Go a reason the, for that. There's I know because they're playing, they're playing Atlanta, and Atlanta's secondary is looking suspect. 
Very suspect. Don't need to hire an attorney for all this slander. Nah, I think it's slander if it's true, though, man. That's the difference. That's that's the there's there's legal merit here, my man. Yeah. Um, uh, not the inquiry. Not the inquiry. Another deep streamer. If you really like rolling the dice, fits magic. Um, Jacksonville has two two uh, two modes. Really good or really really terrible. Uh, it's up to them which one they choose. Um, on the weaker side of the, of the quarterbacks, ones that you should stay away from, uh, Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz, uh, <laughs> Matthew Stafford, uh, Daniel Jones, uh, Jared Goff, Joe Burrow. Even though that the Eagles are just completely disheveled, he is a rookie quarterback with limited options. So, I, And I think the Eagles might use them as a punching bag. Um a deep trap that I have is Philip Rivers. Um, and the reason why I got him as a deep trap or also like a like a, a deep you know a deep start is two things are gonna happen. The Jets are gonna finally snap out of whatever issue they got going on and they're gonna really start playing some defense. Um, or Philip Rivers is gonna do what Philip Rivers does and throw like seventeen thousand interceptions. Um, both of which are not good for uh, for the city of Indianapolis. However, if Philip Rivers can can channel his inner Philip Rivers against a, a New York defense that is makes Todd Bowles happy that he's no longer part of that organization, um, I think that we are in a situation where um, that could go really good or really really bad. Hence why I'm calling it the deep trap. Um. On the running back side, of course, minus the ones that are hurt, your regular starters, uh, Zeke, Dalvin Cook, uh, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, Josh Jacobs, uh, Austin Eckler, Kenyon Drake, Chris Carson, blah, 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 blah. If you don't know these ones by now, just go ahead, delete the app off your phone or in your computer and stop what you're doing. Uh, some of the stronger starts that we're going to have on the running back side is going to be, again, <laughs> I feel like I'm just I'm just banging on you today. Uh, is David Montgomery going to Atlanta? Uh, Atlanta just defensively they're having some issues that really need them need themselves figured out. Um, again, I'm not picking on them, but let's just let's be honest about it. A package deal that I have I normally don't do buy one get ones outside of Publix, but a buy one get one that I have is uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb going to Washington. Um. I think that um, Baker Mayfield is going to exploit their uh, their youth in Washington, and I think that Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb both have the on-field experience and leadership and physical capability to really do some damage against a uh, uh, a Washington football team. Uh, rough situation right now. Another strong start I have is Leonard Fournette with the Bucks going to Denver. Um, I I honestly see some good things happening with Fournette in that organization just because he's not the centerpiece of it. So the ball could get spread because let's face it, he's not a, a multi-snap back. Um, but the Broncos couldn't stop Derrick Henry or James Conner. And I think that Fournette is like a hybrid version of Henry and Conner is he's just as fast as Conner, but Fournette is just as physical as Derrick Henry is, but that's just a byproduct of an SEC running back. They're just like freight trains, man. They just they're like juggernauts. Um, another BOGO deal I have is Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins going to Kansas City. Um, 
the run defense for Kansas City is not stellar. They're not big. They're not fast. Um, I think that if they can get the ball moving early, I think that'll be a good situation from them. Um, and then uh, Miles Gaskin from Miami going to Jacksonville. Uh, if you're in a situation where you need a running back, <coughs> uh, here's your hint right here. Uh, are, are, is your throat okay? Yes. Okay? Yes. Yeah. Throat is okay. That's right. me hinting the world that, that that would be one of those boys that you want to go pick up. Or Sony Michelle and James White from New England going to the uh going to Las Vegas. The Raiders have a serious problem with power running and receiving backs. So if you got either one of them, hint hint, or if you don't and they're on the wire, which more than likely all three of those dudes I just named are, hint hint, go get them, Tiger. Uh some if you're doing the DraftKings, again, your DFS bargains. Uh Mike Davis from the Panthers. Um, this guy could actually be a sleeper. He's got really good hands. Um, and with Christian McCaffrey being out a minimum four to six weeks, he's going to get a lot of on-field time. On-field time translates into experience and confidence. Both of those translate into some good potential in the, excuse me, in the NFL. Um, don't sleep on him. Uh, don't overlook him. Uh, I got him also as a sleeper in non-DFS leagues. Uh, so if he's available, you might want to consider going and picking him up. Some of your weaker starts. If you got Melvin Gordon going to Tampa, uh, or excuse me, versus Tampa, go ahead and put him on the bench. The Bucks' run defense is significantly better than you think. They essentially bottled Chris McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara. Let that sink in. And Melvin Gordon is not either one of those dudes. Uh, David Johnson going to Pittsburgh. Uh, well, they don't call it the steel curtain for nothing. Um, I don't see him doing well. And also the Texans are one small misfortune away from probably selling the whole team for a stack of like pogs, Pokemon cards and a hot dog cart. Um, and not even like cool pogs that you would get like in the packs. I'm talking like the shitty ones you can get from like the flea market. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Those ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's essentially what the value of the Houston Texans players are to uh, the GM and the head coach. Uh, Devin Singletary going to the Rams. Bad idea. Um, I just don't see it happening. Uh, the Rams got a good, good run defense. I don't see anything happening to them. Um, uh, another one, if you got uh, if you got Ronald Jones uh, from Tampa, uh, I think Fournette is going to overpower him. So if you got him and Fournette's available, swap him or just bench him for whatever other running back you have. Uh, I see AP not doing well. Um, well, A, because he belongs to the Lions, and B, Arizona, um, I think, is is going to be coming for blood, and I think they're going to try to build off their, uh, their win last week. Uh, and then if you have Frank Gore, I don't know why you would, but if some godforsaken reason you have him on your league, um, just go ahead, in the words of Easy e throw him in the gutter and go buy another. Um, and then... I'm just going to go ahead and put this out there now. If you literally have any Giants player, even though like half of San Francisco is injured, just bench all of your New York players for the Giants. I'm just going to, and the Jets, honestly, let, let's not lie to each other. Just get rid of them all. Just throw them all away. Um, so for wide receivers, of course, uh, Devontae Adams, if he plays, um, that's, uh, you know, that that's a huge situation. Uh, Tyreek Hill, uh, Julio Jones, eh, he is at the very bottom of my list, but I, I got him set up alphabetically by team. Um, but he's 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 on my naughty list. 
uh, Calvin Ridley, Stud Muffin, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin, uh, Kenny Galladay, DeAndre Hopkins, Allen Robinson, Juju Smith, A.J. Brown, Adam Thielen, um, Julian Edelman, Stephon Diggs, you know, just the whole the whole thing. You, you, you know, you know where I'm going with this. Um, some of your stronger starts. Uh, CeeDee Lamb from the Cowboys. Um, there, I don't know what it is, but I mean, he, that boy's coming out strong. Seattle's pass defense, I'm not 100% sold on. It's not the 12th man like it used to be. I'm not saying it's terrible, but I really see CD having a great game because they're going to put so much focus and emphasis on Amari Cooper this week that I think that, um, CD Lamb is going to benefit from this. Um, Again, speculation, who knows. Uh, Traquan Smith going to Green Bay, or excuse me, uh, playing Green Bay. Uh, he definitely filled the role of Michael Thomas last week by leaps and bounds. Um, maybe question mark Emmanuel Sanders. I got him as a as, as one of my oddballs. Um, Anthony Miller from the Bears, again, like I said, I hate picking on Atlanta, but let's face it, secondary is questionable. I do have actually Deshaun Jackson, even though I was just sitting there shitting on the Eagles. I do have him actually as a strong start going to Cincinnati. Um, he, he does score big play action. Um, and let's face it, the Bengals cornerback and secondary are young. Deshaun Jackson might be old, but with age comes wisdom. And you should be able to shake and bake on all those rookie bodies out there. Um, Marquez Valdez, uh, Scantling from the Packers. Again, I know you're high on the Packers. I think he's going to be a big playmaker, especially with Devontae Adams. I think regardless whether he plays or not, I think he's going to be a very big target just because they're going to cover Adams if he's on the field. Adams, they can be playing at 100%. You know, MVS will just be out there waving his hands. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, I'm trying to think of any other ones that are worth mentioning. Um, some of your... Uh, DFS bargains, Corey Davis from Tennessee. Uh, well, the Vikings secondary sucks. I'll just leave it at that. Corey Davis, I talked about him last week. He is cheap on DFS leagues. Uh, Jerry Judy from the Broncos. Uh, even though that they're playing, you know, Tampa, I think he does have some potential. He, he's got a good ceiling. I think that he'll get you points. Jeff Driscoll, uh, with no uh, Cortland Sutton is going to be trying to dump that ball off as fast as humanly possible. Um, and I think Jerry Judy is, is that person. And then also Michael Gallup from the Cowboys. Uh, I think he's overdue for the, those big plays. I think we might see something because again, Seattle's defense has given up a lot of big shots in the secondary. Um, some of your deep sleepers are going to be, um, and again, this is 100%. You know, rolling the dice on it. Uh, Keelan Cole from Jacksonville going to Miami. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. from the Colts going to the Jets. Now, one guy that I, I, I'm, I'm super high on and I haven't given him the attention that he deserves um, is Robbie Anderson. And Robbie Anderson is one of those guys that it, it seems like like Stefan Diggs that he he was forgotten about. He he got onto a new team. And it was odd like like we we talked about Diggs earlier and I picked him up late in the draft. Everybody knew Stefan Diggs last year because of him being on on the Vikings. 
And it's like he he went to the Bills and people forgot about him. And I picked him up late. Well, this other cat that I picked up late in the draft, Robbie Anderson, I mean, he's literally ranked 12 right now in 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 uh, in, in our Yahoo League for points. I mean, he's a top 20 player. And it's like everyone forgot about him. And, I mean, granted, he is playing against, uh, you know, the Chargers defense, which has allowed the second fewest yards per pass attempt, which I think is I think it's like 5.9 or 6 or somewhere is right around there. Um, and they've only allowed two touchdowns through two games. But you got Teddy Two-Glove Bridgewater out there that I think is going to get the receiver significantly more involved because of the absence of Christian McCaffrey. I mean, granted, they do have Davis, but I think Davis isn't going to get the checkdowns that McCaffrey will because of just the physicality of McCaffrey and the freak of nature that he is. DJ Moore, I think, will definitely draw coverage, and I think Robbie Anderson will have himself a hell of a game. So cough, cough. (laughs) If you need a receiver, see if he's available, and if not, I'm sure someone will trade him to you for uh, next to nothing. Um, your weaker starters, uh, Marquise Brown from the Ravens going to Kansas City. I don't think uh, Casey's secondary is going to let any uh, any big pass, de- <clears throat> excuse me, pass defense go along. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr. going to Arizona. Uh, you know he did score last week, but really hasn't done much without Kenny Galladay. Marvin Jones Jr. is one of those dudes that he needs. A big player with him. I, I, I look at him at like the way that Scottie Pippen was to Michael Jordan. Scottie Pippen was great, but he really needed Jordan to to elevate him into that level. I think that's where Marvin Jones Jr. is. Um, Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks. If you got them from the Texans, and you uh, they're going to Pittsburgh. Well, we already know how that's going to turn out. Again, Giants. If you have any Giants players, just stop it just stop um and then we'll just leave it at that um aj green i have as a question mark again i think that's a boom or bust so uh, exercise extreme caution with him last but not least on the uh on the tight end side of the ball of course your 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 go-to's your travis kelsey's your zach Ertz, darren wallers tyler higby's uh, hunter henry uh, George Kittles, uh, so on and so forth. If you don't start them, you're 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 playing with a uh, with a few cards short of a full deck. Uh, some of your stronger starters, um, I think Jared Cook going to Green Bay. Um, Green Bay just does not do well against tight ends for some reason. It's just like it's our kryptonite. Um, I think that that will be exposed here with uh, with Jared Cook once again. I think that especially without Michael Thomas, Green Bay has a very aggressive defense. So checkdowns, short passes, and emergencies are going to be a, a thing for Drew Brees to be looking at. So we'll see uh, Jared Cook get some action. However, I know I've been shitting on the Falcons most of this time. If you got uh, Hayden Hurst, do yourself a favor, plug him in. Chicago is terrible. Terrible at midfield. Terrible, well, they're just terrible on defense in general for the most part. But uh, they're extra shitty uh, on tight end coverage. Actually, one of the worst in the league. Um, so plug, plug Hurst in if you got him. Another one, uh, uh, TJ Hokinson from the Lions. He's been hot. Um, you know, with a young Arizona team, I, I don't think they're going to be able to contain that heat. We'll see what happens. Um, Mike Asinke from Miami, uh, he exploded. He, he's, he's doing this like 
this like hybrid slot position. I, I, I really don't honestly don't know how to describe it, but he's been doing a lot of that. And uh, I, I think that that could, that could come into play. I think against Jacksonville, both those teams are terrible. And both of them are hungry to do something. So we'll definitely see, um, you know, some signs of light there. Um, and then uh, Noah Fant from uh, from Denver. I honestly think he's just going to be the go-to guy for Jeff Driscoll. The Broncos are in disarray right now. Tight ends are like the tight ends are the quarterbacks. Like blankets were to Tommy Pickles and the Rugrats. You just you just curl up and nuzzle with them, and everything's going to be okay. And uh, I, I think that's how Jeff Driscoll is going to treat uh, Noah Fant this week. Um, so your bargain for your DFS leagues for uh, DraftKings and FanDuel, Logan Thomas from Washington. Yeah, nine targets against the Cardinals, uh, but he he didn't necessarily hit payday yet. But the Browns, again, they're one of those teams that are also in the very bottom of the league on tight end coverage. He is available in most leagues. He is very, very cheap. Scoop him up if you need to. Uh, your weaker starts, if you got Rob Gronkowski, uh, go ahead and sit him. I think O.J. Howard's going to get a, a, a better situation. Um, again, Giants-related. If you have Evan Ingram, I'm sorry. You wasted your time. If you have Chris Hendren from the Jets, again, I uh, R.I.P., uh, Jimmy Graham, you know, uh, for the Bears, as good as he is, I, I, the dude's held together, but he's, he's one of those players that are made by MacGyver. It's like his ankle and knee are, like, put together by, like, three paper clips, a roll of duct tape, and, like, some chewing gum for cartilage. Um, uh, Jordan Akins from Houston, again, they're going to Pittsburgh. Bad idea. They will turn him into catch-up, all pun intended. Um, Austin Hooper uh, going to the, to the Washington football team. Again, uh, Hooper hasn't showed me much. Something needs to, to bend or break here. Um, I, don't, I don't know how. Something needs to. Let's let's get something going. Or, you know, just just get off the team. And uh, that's really what I got for, for my stardom sit-ems. You know, there were a whole lot of injuries. Um, playing accordingly, you know, I've, I've seen in my league, I've seen some, some trade picks. I, I fell victim to it with McCaffrey. Um, I, I did have to to make a couple uh, make a couple moves to keep myself relevant. Um, stay on top of it. Stay on top of your team. And uh, you know the the terrible thing is is normally when injuries typically happen, it's like mid season, and teams are already starting to figure out where they sit. You know, are they going to win? Are they going to lose? Should they start preparing for next year. You know, then you can start being a vulture and start circling around and getting draft picks and and trading your team away for next year, or try to build your team up to push yourself into the playoffs, so on and so forth. So, uh, keep an eye on them. If you got any questions, hit us up on the uh, on the Facebook and the Twitterverse. If it's on Twitter, uh, Ladarius legit asks me, and then I tell him, and then he answers back because while well, I hate Twitter. Um, but if you got questions on it or any more, uh, or if you even got some of your own advice, maybe something I missed, man, hit us up on the, uh, on the old interwebs and social media. Well, you know, you know, it's been a, it's been a tough week. And I think injury wise, I know you made some moves in the league as well. And, you know, I'm looking to make, I think right now, when, when you look at the injuries going in fantasy football, it, I think it's hit the running back position a lot harder. Oh, and yeah. you really, I think it's hit if any other position. And, you know, so 
I just personally believe in when you talk about Austin Hooper, and I'll say this before we wrap up. You know, one thing I'll say about Austin Hooper, knowing him, you know, in Atlanta, I I'm just curious to see how Kevin Stefanski and that offensive crew over there in Cleveland are going to use him because essentially he could be a very, very good third option behind Landry and if OBJ, you know, you know, Austin Hooper, there's a reason why they paid Austin Hooper to be there. You didn't pay him to block for Nick Chubb. So, which is, you know, which is a bonus, but you pay him to go out to the open field, you know, hit, you know, you get the open field and make catches. And the reality is, is that I I don't know how to feel about, you know, Austin Hooper, how they're going to use him like you do. But if if I'm Cleveland and if I'm a fan or if you own him, as some people do in their league, it's really a situation where you really have to wait and see how they're going to use him. Because the, the reality is, when you look at Cleveland, outside of Nick Chubb, there's not really, you know, and maybe even Jarvis Lane, not really many viable fantasy options. I could be wrong for that. But there's not really many fantasy, you know, value. And Hooper could be could be the next person on that team to have fantasy value. But I, just, I haven't seen it. And hopefully we do as this Cleveland offense, you know, hopefully figures it out. I I think so. So I'm actually one of those guys that, that scooped Austin Hooper up. Um, I think that this week playing Washington, for me, and I think many others, because um, I've been watching the transaction trends, and he's already been being dropped by a lot of teams. Um, this is my make it or break it week for Hooper. This is where I neither A, I'm going to I'm going to keep him cuz he's going to do good or if he shits the bed again, um I'm going to have to start looking around for another tight end and uh and and see what happens cuz I, I got him in one of my leagues and uh something needs to make or break, I think. And like you said, he's too good just to be a pass blocker. So Baker Mayfield neither needs to make that connection or Unfortunately, his his fantasy stock I think is uh, it's it's gonna fall faster than Enron. But you know, so so I, I you know on, on that note, that's how I kind of feel about that. I think he's the one guy. I think if anybody should be using that roster, it should be Hooper. But but before we wrap up, just to, to do some house cleaning, check us out on social media. Go to at Sports the World on both Twitter and Instagram. Or go to the Facebook, facebook.com slash sports the world. Also join our group there. You can check me out on Twitter at, at Ladaris underscore Brown. And I had remember I said I had a surprise for you guys. I you know we're gonna start putting episodes on YouTube, even if it's the audio version for now to get more listeners, to get more of you guys to listen, to utilize the platform there. And from time to time, I'll be doing a video. The very first video that you'll see is my epic rant about Dan Quinn. And I, you know, and it's all in on that. I'll just, I'll leave it at that. So you can check us out on YouTube. It'll all be put out on social media. If not tonight, you know, if not the release of the episode, but it will be out in the future where you can go to check out all the content there. But if there's One anything thing- else... Yeah, one thing I actually wanted to jump in on, man, I'm sorry. And I had this written down and I wanted to bring it up at the end. You know, unfortunately, um, we lost another great uh, professional wrestler today. 
uh, being the road warrior animal. So if you don't know he, who he is, um, he was a member of the Road Warriors, which was a tag team in the early 90s that bounced between uh, WWF, now WWE, WCW, New Japan, and, <clears throat> and came back. And, you know, honestly, growing up, these dudes were my absolute favorite tag team growing up, man. And um, so his his partner in crime, Road Warrior Hawk, died back in 2005 of a heart attack. Um, they haven't released necessarily the cause of death for um, for Animal yet, which uh, which sucks because I mean he was only 60 years old. However, he actually did die at Margaritaville, so I guess if there's a way to go out, that's 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 what they're that's that's where they're saying his his place of death was, but. Um, you know, uh, it, it's sad, none the least. Um, he, I think he was a pivotal him, him and Hawk. I think were pivotal in the Attitude Era of the WWF because they were just so wild, and they had the the shoulder pads with the spikes and the face paint, and you know they're they're just two badasses from Chicago who just went out and just just dominated by any means necessary and they had like that that mad max theme meant you know uh, uh persona in the ring and uh, it's a shame to see him go and it sucks and uh so just make sure you know most importantly not that we're all you know 60 years old take care of your health if you ain't feeling good go get yourself checked out we don't want any people you know keeling over and uh and croaking a little earlier than they should man so uh Rest in peace, my man. You're you're reunited with your homie up in up in the clouds or wherever uh, Road Warriors go, and uh, yeah, man. Rest in peace, dude. You know, oh, well said. And and on top of that, we also lost you know Gail Sayers, the great running back for the Chicago Bears. And yes. you know, many people will tell you that Gail Sayers is probably one of their best, the best running backs they ever play in the league. One of the, you know, the way he would go up backfield, upfield, and the way he competed. And, you know, like I said, you know, 2020 has been a year for a lot of things. But I think 2020 is a year for us to, to, to you know, supposedly come closer. You know, and I don't want to make this to be like no soapbox speech. But it, it's always important to understand, you know, the value of life. Because sometimes, and I was talking to a friend of mine about this, you know, other than you, Chris, other than you, you know, mm. I got, you know, <laughs> you know, I was saying sometimes it's, it's funny and it was not so much as funny, but how we think, you know, how we value life when it comes to death, we don't value life until someone dies because we're too busy, you know, living. We don't, we don't value it until, you know, we're dead. And it's always important to to have value to people, to always understand that, hey, at the end of the day, no matter what our political differences are, no matter color of our, you know, whatever you want to use, understand that life has value. And don't think about, don't look at it this way where say you got one life to live. Like when people say you only live once, no, you live every day. And like Chris says, go get yourself checked out. Make sure... You know, don't live your life in regret either. So I'll leave it there. You know, we lost two great people from 
We lost two great human beings, you know, thoughts and prayers to their families as well. And and once again, you can catch this episode. You'll catch it on the audio version on YouTube. This will be on YouTube tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon. It'll be before the Thursday night game. So check that as well. Also, my rant on Jan Quinn will be out the same day as well. So you get a twofer. So until you hear us again, I'm Ladarius. And I'm Chris. Be real, be you, and be blessed, and be safe from all of us here from the Sports and the World Podcast. See ya!